the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, the station, or its advertisers. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. And I truly want to welcome you to another Monday edition of Lifeline. So glad to be with you on this rather cool winter seasonal day. It rained earlier. Now it's a bit nippy. On top of that, we have entered into our daylight saving time. And so it begins to get dark sooner. Well, we can talk. Glad to be here with you. The number to reach me, as you know, is one 367 5329 one to talk to yours truly, Jesse Gistan. If you don't have anything to do, get you a cup of coffee, cup of tea, and let's just kind of talk about where we are as we are moving quickly towards the end of the year 20. want to... Um, put an end to it, not even not even think about it. That's that's the kind of feeling I got. I got a feeling like, you know, well, maybe perhaps we just need to hope that as soon as we cross over into 2023, <clears throat> things will magically be different or better. I don't know. I don't know. But we can talk about it for sure. Let me start off by reading a portion of scripture. Obviously, that will be beneficial to us. And then I'll kind of give you some ideas of what I've been thinking about what's going on around here. Obviously, we are doing election day today, and that needs to be talked about just a tad, not a whole lot, just a tad. Because if you've already voted, well, you have voted. It's over with. There's nothing else to do. If you have not voted, I get that, too. I really do have a a good sense of the polls of our state after so much that we've gone through and we want to talk about it. But listen to the sweet psalmist David in Psalm 46. He renders these words to our soul and they're good to remind us who's on the throne. And uh, while we're not called to be indifferent to this world and we're not called to be non-engaging, we can be calm and we can be serene and we can be hopeful. Psalm 46 speaks this way. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will we not fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. Yes, the heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. 
God uttered his voice and the earth melted. These are grand metaphors of God's power and providence changing times and seasons and impacting nations. Finally, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. It's really true. The God of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, our hiding place, our sanctuary. If you know him in the pardon of your sins, if you know him by the grace of God, and if you trust his son, Jesus Christ, as the grounds of your refuge, your hiding place, those of you and myself having fled to Christ for refuge, find consolation in him, find peace in him, find joy, find purpose in him, even in the midst of tragedy and difficulty. Your Bible tells you over and over and over again to watch, be watchful, be circumspect, be vigilant. I hope this host has done that for you over the last couple of years, wherein you have just been bombarded by, well, let's just start with bad media. Bad, bad media. The ratings on your uh, main major legacy media outlets are so low, it's pathetic. They might as well shut them down because virtually everybody now, you guys, are finding their news on other alternative outlets that are giving them a more real-time, real-feel sense of reality concerning all matters, political, social, medical, economic, whatever the case may be. And that's because uh, while we have the opportunity, guess what? Independent, autonomous, uh, entrepreneurial type persons took advantage of social media. And yes, while we may have tons of uh, marginal stuff, even very vile uh, vile media outlets out there, <clears throat> you can avoid them. All you have to do is be a principled man, principled woman. As the psalmist puts it in Psalm 1, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. And that, that term there means he never did walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He never has walked in the counsel of the ungodly and never will walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of the sinner. He never has, never will He has completely abandoned the notion of identifying with wicked men who are oppositional to the gospel. And he will not sit in the seat of the scorner. He will not take a place of judgment against God, against God's law, against God's people, against God's right standing. He will not do that. That kind of man is called to be a leader. Someone is really about the qualifications of leadership in any society. You want men and women of truth who hate covetousness and and love what's right and hate what's wrong. That's the kind of leadership we should have. And hopefully we all attempted to vote for some today because this is it. Um, In the next couple of days, we're going to have a rendering. And by the end of the month, we'll kind of get an idea of whether or not we're still entrenched in deep blue, uh, postmodern, irrational, fantasy-oriented politicians who want to create a society of dystopian control over your life, uh, the policies of which we have stated on this program over and over and over again, do not make for thriving, do not make for life, do not make for unity, harmony, and social upward mobility on the part of the uh, California citizens. They just don't. They make things even more difficult. 
And, uh, and that's where we are today. God is on his throne. He is a refuge to us, but we must make right choices going forward or else we reap what we sow. And that's just so factually true. Again, the number is one 329 We are in our daylight savings time and we will be getting darker evenings as it's already starting to now crest into the darkness of the night. This will happen for the next several several months. So stay warm and watchful. It's going to be a lot of crime this holiday season. You must know it. It's going to be treacherous. Right now, crime is escalating everywhere. And you ladies, you must be very careful when you're out there at night. Please don't take chances with criminal behavior or fishy or suspicious behavior. Avoid it like the plague. Don't argue with people when they come up and seem to instigate you. Leave it alone. The uh, the criminals today are irrational and will shoot you in a heartbeat or beat you down in a heartbeat. The best thing for you and I to do is to stay very clear and out of the way and definitely non-controversial. It doesn't mean you don't have the ability to stand up for yourself, but it would be dumb to get shot because somebody's taking your tires or even your catalytic converter. Or just because you're in front of you at a light and you want to blow your horn, don't do it. Way too many people have been shot under the assumption that they can act like they used to act and uh, save their mind by their horn. People have gotten out the car and just turned around and started shooting. Leave it alone. It is not worth it. Just sit there. Or I remember years ago when I first started driving, guess what they said? They gave you a steering wheel, didn't they? And I said, yes. Well, that's what you do. You you go around people. You don't blow horns. You just go around them. That's what your steering wheel is for. You're not on a train track. You're not stuck behind them. You back up. You go around. You live to see another day. So very important for us to be wise and prudent. These are evil times. These are not good times. These are dark times. Uh, they are spiritually treacherous times to say the least. And they certainly are socially destabilizing times. Yuri Bismanov made it very clear, demoralization and then propaganda on top of that demoralization leading to um, de, uh, deconstruction or what is called um, um, a, a kind of uh, disintegration of society so that we don't really know who we can trust and who we can depend upon. You can't, you can't call law enforcement in many cases, to come out and help you. We wish we could, but we're dealing with some Gotham-like times. I've told you we are headed, if we're not already in Gotham City, need to be ready, be very careful. We're dealing with sociopathic behavior, psychopathy. That is extremely important that you don't act like you don't know it. The prudent shall be silent in these times. That's what the minor prophet said. Well, this is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Again, the number is one triple eight. 3675 A lot of things we can talk about and we'll talk about after we pay a few bills. This is Jesse Gistan. Glad to be with you tonight. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. Indeed, we are back. The time is 520 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Gistan, pastor of Grace Bible Church for many decades now. Very happy to be able to say that recovering from COVID-19 
uh, and the shutdowns and the lockdowns and all of that. And we are seeing moderate growth. Happy about that. New faces coming in and learning what it means to be committed to the glory of God and the person of Christ and a expository ministry of preaching and teaching, going deep with God. We're in a series right now called Sanctification. I dare you listen to it. Just go online, grace-bible.com, and catch the first study. We're doing it Tuesday nights at 6.30 p.m., actually around 6.45, and we go for about an hour before prayer, and then we unpack it very fully on Fridays. We start around 6.30, 6.45. I preach, teach, expound for about an hour, and then we go into Q&A, and it seems to last about a good hour, too, where we unpack what we talk about and just address it from an applicational standpoint. Sanctification, um, well, as a Hebrew writer put it, without holiness, no man will see the Lord. So you think you can be justified without being sanctified, you've got another thing coming. But what is sanctification other than being brought into union with Jesus Christ and by his spirit being transformed into his image, that being stated, there are a number of instrumental means by which God does that, by which he transforms our mind, by which he renews the spirit of our mind, by which we, in conjunction with him, work out our salvation with fear and trembling because he's working us, working in us the willing to do of his good pleasure. And I can tell you, this is a great time for you to hunker down and figure out what it means to be set apart, what it means to be qualified, and what it means to be used by God in the cause of the gospel, particularly in this day and age. It is not a small thing to be called a saint. A saint is a sanctified person set apart for a special task, set apart for special qualifications, set apart for special sending, set apart to be a light in this world and sought as controversy to lead men and women to the solution to the problems that beset us, which at present is ubiquitous and everywhere in our world. And the only solution to the problems of our present world is the Lord Jesus Christ, the gospel of his grace and a return to a biblical worldview, which we are daily departing from at lightning speed for which people are losing their minds. People have slipped into the crevices of depression and they have slipped into the crevices of disassociated anxiety disorders, DAD, and they don't know what's going on. That's the idea of being completely surrounded by uh, problems and difficulties and challenges that lead to a kind of ongoing, relentless, non-ending disturbance in your soul, disassociated anxiety disorder. I'm going to be talking about that tomorrow night as we deal with sanctification, the need to renew the mind so that the mind is grounded in truth and able to see the world for what it is and to see God on this throne and to help us navigate our way through our difficulties in life. Sanctification is our topic. Grace Bible Church in Hayward, California. Easy to find. We are Grace Bible Church of Hayward. A lot of Grace Bible Churches everywhere, but we are Grace Bible Church of Hayward, and I'd uh, love for you to join us. one 367 If you want to get in on the conversation, we're going to start early and talk with Laura from Palo Alto. Laura, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, I am. I'm here. I, I, I can hear you now. How are you? Fine, and you, sir. 
I'm great. How can we help you? Okay, I was listening to your teaching on Psalm 41, you know, blessed he, he that considers the poor, the, the Lord will deliver him. I know of a lady um, who's homeless. I told her she could spend a night w- with me, one, just one night. And then I thought about it, and I said, you know, I, it's better if I just go ahead and get a hotel room for her and, and for, for a night in place of my promise. Well, uh, she's not a believer. She uh, believes in Islam, or she respects all religions. But anyhow, um, the reason I'm calling you, because it is a blessing when you take people in, strangers, and, and treat them kindly, is just that so many people have said things about her and, and how she's just refused her options. They have here um, where you can, the churches are cooperating with housing people every night from, say, 5 to 5 in the evening till 7 in the morning, providing meals. Uh, she walked away from that place and then came back, I guess, two weeks later, and they wouldn't let her in because she had to go through a whole bunch of application, and all. they wouldn't let her in, so she had a lot of bad things to say about this church. Um, she's just refusing her options, and I don't know if that's refu- if Am I refusing the poor by not letting her come here? Or what is your I'll tell you what I'm going to do because your phone just is breaking up, Laura. I did get your question. This is a very common one. So I'm going to take the answer off the air. I'm just going to walk us all through it. Uh, I'm glad you called. I hope you call again. Your situation is common for all of us who are sympathetic, have uh, genuine hearts and definitely want to help people. Um, if you were to go back to that text, though, in Psalm 41 and work it through, the uh, the poor person there is really speaking messianically to the sufferings of Christ and how that God heard him. By the way, Paul put it that way in Second Corinthians eight, as well as chapter nine. Um, he became poor that we through his poverty might become rich. So the text is really speaking to the poor in spirit, as Jesus said in Matthew chapter five, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And so the idea of um, that text is really speaking to the community of the people of God who are operating out of a broken and a contrite heart. That's what grace does for you when you're humble. And God meets our needs when we come to him humbly. Again, Peter put it this way. God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. So this we want to be very careful to understand those texts aright. Even though we care for helping people and we should and can, we have to always use wisdom when we do it. Let me see if I can explain. So in California, we used to really be robustly given to uh, charities and, and altruism and, and helping people. Uh, and even our government had a measure of uh, wisdom and competence. Today, they're absolutely just incompetent and malficient for so many reasons. It's just a scandal. This is why you see homeless people virtually everywhere today. It's a sad indicator of the corruption of our government in many, many ways. Um, And a lot of our our, our citizens are homeless, but more than that, they are mentally disturbed. If they're not merely mentally disturbed, having some kind of psychopathy, they also are drug addicts. And, And the combination of the two makes it very difficult to manage them in terms of getting them help. 
And what the Lord has told us as believers to do is always be wise as serpents and gentle as doves. Now, you've got a lot of people out there on the streets working poor or maybe not so poor financially, naive, simple minded men and women who want to take the passages, you know, take care of the poor verbatim and literal. The problem is God has never called you and I to be uh, naive, ignorant, um, and undiscerning. The last thing you want to do is bring someone into your home and they are uncooperative and um, undisciplined. And the next thing you know, you got a hassle on your hands. You've got to be discerning. I have, and, and we at Grace have always pointed men and women to resources that are set up strictly for the purpose of helping them. Every now and then I would give some some remuneration, just, just a little change, get down the road. But it's not um, wise and it's not productive to um, bring people into your home for whom they have no intention of, uh, of bettering their lives. Of course, anybody will stay in your home. You open your door, put a big sign out there. Hey, come on over. You can stay with me anytime for free. I'll feed you. Um, but you don't have a system, a methodology uh, a plan to bring them into a better state, to help them recover, to point them to Christ. Um, and if you do have all that, you need to pray to God to start a ministry and then get people involved. As per this lady, not being willing to submit to some form of charitable help, notwithstanding them uh, asking her to fill out applications and things of that nature, it tells you she's not poor. It means she wants to um, take advantage of the system. She wants to meander. She wants to uh, take advantage of sympathy. She certainly will take your money and, of course, sleep in your home, but she's going to roam and do what she wants. And again, I don't know who this person is, Laura, but it's a good likelihood that she's probably also dealing with some mental issues, if not addiction. Um, it's bigger than you at the end of the day. Um, you did what you could. No, you don't have to open your door up to trouble, pain or difficulty. Ask God to give you wisdom for the future on how to help people in a way that it doesn't endanger your life. The stories are endless of how many people have been hurt trying to help people who are mentally across the line. Um, wisest serpents, gentle as doves. Three lines open, 1-888-367-5329, 1-888-367-5329. This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. All the lines are open. Looking forward to talking with you. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We are indeed back the time, 535, on this Monday edition of Lifeline. Daylight saving times, very cool and chilly out there. Um, as we um, diligently pray, Monday nights, 7 p.m., Tuesday nights, about 8 o'clock after our 7, uh, 7 o'clock Bible study, we do pray for the homeless. We do pray, Laura, for those that are um, truly poor and in need. There's no doubt about it. There are resources. The um, uh, Salvation Army is one of them. They are absolutely uh, capable of, of helping, and, uh, and and people wanted help, they can help, they can find help. There are good um, church communities who also have been gifted in being able to help people, and they know how to do it, and they know how to screen people. They know how to 
determine whether people are truly helpless, homeless, and in need, or whether or not they are volitionally bent on being out in the streets, because out in the streets, there is a world, there is a community, there's a society out there. They live out there, uh, and they do just fine. They do just fine. Uh, Their problem really, again, is uh, self-inflicted drug addiction, alcoholism, and uh, psychopathy, some type of uh, some type of psychological issue, some type of mental issue. It's just really true. And, um, you know, some of us are right on the brink of going there as we speak. And others of us have been there and are on our way back uh, by God's grace, even as we speak still. And so, yes, uh, we definitely want to be able to help, but we have to be wise in doing it. So our prayer for Laura is that she will use wisdom. I I do really appreciate and commend her, too, in this regard that um, so many of us are materialistic Christians who have so much and we could give a lot more. And, you know, every year around this time, I'm still pinching myself about how good God is to allow me to do this program because I get a chance to talk to thousands of people every Monday and glad to do it. And you know what I do once we start moving in on the holiday seasons, I tell you to give. Uh, come around Thanksgiving, make sure you give to somebody. Don't just be a taker, be a giver. Um, God bless you and therefore bless him back by giving. Um, you know, um, make sandwiches, uh, fix big old pots of soup and and put them in uh, plastic bowls with lids on them and and put them in containers. You can get, get a group of y'all and uh, cook some clam chowder, some some beans. It's easy to do. And just go out and give it to the poor. They'll take your food. If it's really good food, they'll take it for sure. Um, there's no doubt about that. They definitely want money, but they, they've got to eat first. If they're going to get high and, and get loaded and all that, they got to eat first. So they will definitely take a loving food care package if you wanted to do that. Um, I wish I had done more of that with my kids to teach them how to give too, because it's a sad thing when you don't teach your children um, how to truly substantially count their blessings because this secular system will take your children and turn them into nothing but merchandise. But yeah, it's important that we don't forget the poor in that regards. And so that's why we, that's why we uh, give and pay taxes, that those kinds of resources would be there to help them. But our government is in such a mess today that um, homelessness is out of control, drug addiction is out of control, fentanyl, um, uh, crack, heroin, cocaine, methamphetamines, crank, all that, uh, the uh, chemically uh, laced marijuana is taking people off the charts, you know that. 300 people die a day from fentanyl. Fentanyl is a hundred times more potent than heroin and, and, and cocaine. And it's just a deadly, deadly demonic addiction that is just trapping many, many people. So be very careful, children of God, to make sure that you're not strapped down by the Philistine system and brought into bondage of the flesh either. Um, Walk in your liberty, which is in Christ. Worship God like you ought to. Prioritize the fellowship of the saints and uh, avoid the calamity of uh, the Egyptians 
that are, that are plaguing our society today because of rebellion and disobedience against God's word. Three lines open, one 888 A former neighbor of Paul and Nancy Pelosi wonders about all the security forces that used to guard their property. Marjorie Campbell was perplexed when she heard or read of her former neighbor having called 9-11 himself, according to a Daily Mail report. Hours after House Speaker Nancy Pelosi left for Washington, much of the security left with her. <laughs> she took them all with her and left her husband by himself. All right, that's another story. According to a Washington Post report, the report noted that scarcity of resources combined with increased calls for police response contributed to the reduced security at the Pelosi Broad Street home. That's what they're telling you and me. Let's see here. Inside the command center for the U.S. Capitol, police, a handful of officers, were going through their routines early Friday morning, cycling through live feeds from the department's 1,800 cameras used to monitor the nearby Capitol complex as well as some points beyond when an officer stopped. On a screen showing a darkened street nearly 3,000 miles away, police lights were flashing outside of the home of the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, officials said. The officer in D.C. quickly pulled up additional camera angles from around Pelosi's home and began to backtrack watching recordings from the minutes before San Francisco police arrived. There on camera was a man with a hammer breaking a glass panel and entering the speaker's home, according to three people familiar with how Capitol Police learned of the break-in and who have been briefed on our view the uh, video themselves. 9-11 call and the struggle inside the home that followed have led to charges of attempted homicide of the speaker's husband and attempted kidnapping of the speaker who is second in line to the presidency, the incident has also put a spotlight on the immensity and perhaps the impossibility of law enforcement's task to protect the 535 members, uh, 535 members of Congress at a time of unprecedented numbers of threats against them. That's incredible. A time of unprecedented numbers of threats against our Congress. If the Capitol Police were going to stop an attack at the home of any member of Congress, they had perhaps the best chance to do so at Pelosi's, according to several current former law enforcement officials, many of whom spoke to the Washington Post on the condition of anonymity because the break-in remains under investigation. The Capitol Police first installed cameras around Pelosi's home more than eight years ago. She has an around-the-clock security detail for many months after the attack. On January 6, 21, a San Francisco police police cruiser sat outside her home day and night. But hours after Pelosi left San Francisco last week and returned to D.C., much of the security left with her and officers in Washington stopped continuously monitoring video feeds outside her house. The targeted security and lack of full-time active surveillance, even at the home of the member of Congress with the most death threats. Nancy Pelosi gets the most death threats. And it reflects the competing demands facing local and federal law enforcement agencies, as well as the balance that lawmakers, their families and security officers have tried to strike in nearly two years since the attack on the Capitol. This is such a bunch of crock. So let me kind of just give you my version of it really quickly. Um, when the rulers are wicked, the people will mourn. And as is the priest, so were the, were the people. The <clears throat> If you demoralize the people, if you raise taxes, if you shut down businesses, if you create more trouble for 
uh, honest taxpaying citizens, if you provoke people who are already on the edge, you're going to have retaliation of some kind or another. You just need to know that. It's totally wrong to ignore the reality that bad policy will result in everybody having a destabilized environment, including you politicians. You are not untouchable. And it's sad to to, um, have to say that because it's just true. When a man's ways please the Lord, then the Lord make even his enemies to be at peace with him. And so if our government, if our Congress now are receiving more death threats than ever, then what does that mean behind what they're saying behind the microphones? See, this is what I was saying earlier about alternative media giving us insights into the prevarication and the lies and the falsehood and the misinformation and the disinformation that our government is rendering towards us. In other words, people are not stupid. You got a media that hardly no one's watching today. And they've been lying relentlessly for the last two years. And people are not stupid. We may not have money. We may not have power. We are not stupid people. We are at the lowest ebb of respect for our leaders because they are showing themselves completely disregarding of anything that concerns us on the ground here in America. This is what you get. It's a Monday edition of Lifeline. Three lines open, one 888 Going to take a break, pay some bills, and then we'll come back with more on this Monday edition of Lifeline. We'll be right back. And now, back to Lifeline. Indeed, we are. The time, 549. Headed toward the top of the hour, getting ready for the second hour. If you got some comments, some observations, some questions, be more than glad to help you on this Monday edition of Lifeline. Let's go to line number one and talk with Jackie from the Bay Area. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Pastor Jesse. Can you hear me? Sure. Sound good. What's going on? Great. Thank you. I just wanted to um, come on air today and um, just share an event that's coming up on Thursday, November 17th. Matt Walsh from the Daily Wire will be at UC Berkeley um, where uh, the movie What is a Woman will be playing at 4.30 p.m. And Matt Walsh will be speaking at 7 p.m. This event is free and open to the public. And then also just wanted to share that our group, Bay Area Against Mandates, will be organizing a rally at UC Berkeley, um, which will take place around 5 p.m. And people are welcome to join us and to come early if they if they like. Um, also now, co- asking... Go ahead, sorry. No, uh, you can go ahead on. You had something else to say. What were you going to say? Um, just, yeah, also asking the listeners to keep us in prayer as we've never rallied at UC Berkeley before. And um, as you know, things can get a little crazy there. So, just well, let's to talk about it. There's two or three things here we can talk about while I've got you on the line. Just you and me, sure. so you don't have to worry about the tens of thousands of people that are listening. Just relax. Um, what are we uh, protesting when you go to the Berkeley campus? The Berkeley campus, uh, that particular protest is going to be on the indoctrination and just basically what's uh, going on in our country and our state with um, all these different genders that they're trying to push on us. Okay, you know, so so you're going to be protesting. You're going to be protesting the um, 
the transgender movement in conjunction with uh, Matt Walsh's uh, uh, presentation, and then I guess after the, the the movie, I saw it. It was excellent. Um, after his presentation, after the uh, the movie, he's going to actually do some Q and A there. Correct at seven p.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what time are you guys? What time are you guys going to demonstrate? Uh, we're probably going to be there at five thirty. I've seen the movie myself. I know it might be a little bit difficult for individuals, you know, with work and whatnot, to get out there at three thirty. I will be there probably at that time. People are welcome to come anytime, but um, you know, I, I will definitely be out there, and some of our, uh, you know, our people from our group. Are will you be guys going to be in a lighted area because daylight savings time is here, and it will be dark? Um, by about 5.30 at that time. Where Are you going to be in a lighted area where you can have conversation with people, pass out literature, or just engage in discourse, or what? What are you going to do? Yeah, we are actually still uh, working out the logistics of this. Um, so I, I haven't even come up with a flyer yet. We are currently mm-hmm. working on that. I will be working on that tonight. Um, people can email me for more information or for live updates. They can follow us on Instagram, which we are and very active on. Instagram. Yeah, give us the uh, give us the uh, Instagram uh, notification, and how can they contact you if they want to be involved? Sure. So our email address for people who are not on Instagram is Bay Area dot dot mandate at gmail dot com. And then our Instagram is Bay Area underscore against underscore mandates. And we're very active on Instagram. So all of our, our rallies, um, some of your Sunday teachings are on there as well. Um, so very active on Instagram so people can find us there. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. It's something we got to keep doing. I was just thinking because I've, I've traversed the UC Berkeley campus many, many times in my youth as well as working there and and different things. There are spots where if you guys went in advance, you still have 10 days to go. Uh, If you went in advance, you could find areas where people are and where you could hold a good protest and get conversation if you went and kind of spied out the area. If you haven't been there, there are many open areas where there's lighting uh, in different walkways there over by different auditoriums. They've got several very uh, um, uh, notable um, uh, auditoriums there where people go for different entertainments and things like that. So that would be something I would recommend right off of University Avenue, uh, right off of um, one of the main strips down there. It'll come back. But anyhow, there are plenty of spots where you can be in the light, but you're going to you're going to have to look for that. And I'm hoping that you guys will have good engagement because, you know, Berkeley is a liberal university, no doubt about that. But a lot of the students are waking up to the irrationality, uh, Jackie, of uh, an anti-biological and anti-organic approach to defining human nature. They're waking up to the fallacy and uh, unscientific approach there. Uh, they may not say it, but that that kind of uh, conversation is welcome to a lot of the young people there. Don't again, I don't know. I'm really surprised that Matt Walsh is received there. I don't know how that happened. How did that happen? Uh, the Young Republicans of Berkeley, the group there, um, and I think uh, YAF um, 
they are they organized it and i think he was doing a college tour at some other colleges as well but yeah i'm pretty surprised that um, no, that's really cool because, uh, yeah, the young Republicans there, they're probably uh, tied to um, uh, Charlie Kirk and, uh, and, and Candace and them. Uh, would you know? Yes, most likely, because Charlie Kirk was there a, a few months ago. The Turning Point okay. Berkeley um, held an event there, and uh, Charlie Kirk was there. Well, good, because, you know, that's what campuses are for. College campuses are for open dialogue, open debate, open civil discourse around disagreement so that we can put the facts out. And uh, I'm glad we have turned the corner after this COVID debacle and, and, and scam medical agenda. I'm getting ready to talk about um, uh, Vinay Prasad's uh, mandates uh, against Fauci and the rest of them in a moment because the media now is wanting to kind of backtrack and talk about let's just forget what happened over the last two years. No, 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 no. We're not going to forget. We're going to have a conversation because people need to be held accountable. And the same thing will be the case down the line, Jackie, with this horrible uh, uh, medical tyranny agenda of of chopping up our boys and girls and, and playing, you know, human Plato with their sexual um, organs uh, as if there are no serious, serious, irreversible consequences. Um, There are, as you would know, and I know, uh, horrific consequences that fall out of this. And this this dystopian uh, Gotham City, this dark um, agenda has to be spoken against because, you know, our children will be the product of this delusional demonic Marxism if we don't speak out. So I want to continue encouraging you and the folks in your ministry. I'll pull it up during the break and make mention of it as well to keep on keeping on. Be wise as serpent, gentle as doves, and and, and may the Lord give you guys strength to do what you have to do. Anything else you want to say before I let you go? Um, yes, TJ, you mentioned um, Dr. Prasad. I'm actually in touch with Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, so if you want him to perhaps come on Lifeline uh, one of these days and have some dialogue and conversation, um, I can yeah, get in touch I, with him. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I'd like to get uh, Bachadara, Bachadara, uh as well as Prasad, and I probably could because Nate, Nate works with him um, as well. You know my son, Nate, so that, that would be cool. I, and, and, and at least you know, at the beginning of the new year, perhaps. But I'd love to get those guys on because, you know, we were with them with the Great Barrington Declaration. We taught it in our yeah. church. We, we 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 argued for the rationality of targeted, um, you know, the old people and protect them, but let everybody else do the right thing. And they really tried to destroy him. Uh, but he, thankfully, he's making it back, too. And a lot of people are making it back. Simone Gold is making it back. And, uh, you know, a lot of hard work still in front of us, but we've, we've got to keep preaching the truth and uh, to try to get get uh, a handle on the uh, levers of power in this country and to turn it around. And, uh, and so we got to keep doing what we got to do. So thank you for calling in and checking in and letting, letting us know. November 17th, Matt Walsh, UC Berkeley. I'll talk about a little bit more. Maybe we'll be able to get one more in next week. I think we will. And uh, we'll talk about it then as well. I'll talk to you later, Jackie. Uh, This is the Monday edition of Lifeline. Your host, Jesse Gistan, of course, pastor of Grace Bible Church in Hayward, California, honored to actually bear record to the truth of the Lordship of Christ 
in all areas of our life. Honored to tell you that politics is not off the table when it comes to biblical truth. Honored to let you know when our government lies to you and then tells you that we are the ones spreading mis and disinformation. Honored to let you know that the truth is in Jesus and uh, and whosoever will submit to his crown rights are his disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. A lot of lies been going on. I'm going to talk about that when I come back on the other side, but I'd love to talk with you. All lines are open. one 367 5329 one You're listening to the Monday edition of Lifeline, your host, Jesse Gistan. We will be right back. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 